morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King, is joining us. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and we got NFT tones in the building because we needed an Italian, so I'm very happy you're here. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how 4 billion XRP were moved last night, sending crypto Twitter into a fury. As Jim Cramer gave his thoughts on XRP, Dogecoin, and Solana, telling the world to be careful of con artists. The ECB is in discussions to ban Bitcoin, telling the mainstream media this crypto asset is on the road to irrelevance. While BlackRock CEO Larry Fink changed his stance on crypto, now allowing private ins institutions exposure to Bitcoin. Gary Gensler is warning exchanges 2023 will be a year of compliance for the SEC. While Quant Network is officially testing central bank digital currencies, we show our listeners a new $9 billion contract with the U.S. Department of Defense. Algorand is adding health records to its blockchain, marking a pivotal change in an outdated system. And with 2023 only four weeks away, we show our listeners why this is undoubtedly the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Andrew Cashflow, very excited for today. We just went through the whole rundown behind the scenes. And I got to say, for this episode in particular, I am very excited. But before we dive into that, thank you for being here. And how are you feeling, Andrew? Yeah, great, guys. Always, always nice. Uh, normally, I'm here on Mondays. But, uh, I, you know, I have to fill in uh, for... Uh, for Johnny, so I'm happy to do that. And if you always have great articles, fantastic, fantastic news, I'm always wondering how do you do that? But uh, you know, it's promising to be in a very nice show today. So I'm looking forward to uh, to chat with you all today. Thanks so much, Andrew. Always excited to have you, Jackie. It's not your birthday week, so I'm sorry, but next week it's actually my birthday. So Sagittarius babies, great week for us. How you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here, Jackie. It's my birthday month, Abs. It's my month for me. No, Got I'm just it. kidding. Me too. No, I'm, I'm doing this great. month as well. Yes. Yeah. We have, that's actually a unique thing. Um, and if you guys are into that, I'll, I'll just say like, we have a ton of Sagittarius in like on the team and things like that. So kind of cool, kind of fun. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get it going. Awesome. NFT Tones, we got to go to you, my friend, as the honorary Italian for this episode. Very excited to have you here. We're going to show our listeners a, a video of Jim Cramer talking about XRP. So really, really interesting. What's on your mind, my friend? Thank you for being here. I'm just excited. I guess today is the day. I'm going to have to one-up Johnny. I'm going to have to one-up Johnny. I'm going to have to be better than him. You can do it, NFT Tones. I believe in you, my friend. And we're going to start the show the same way we always do, by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in extreme fear, NFT Tones. Down four points from yesterday, sitting at a 25. But when we look at some of the daily movers, nothing really worth addressing. TWT up 9%, BSV up 7%, and Luna up 5%. The total coin market cap is sitting at $844 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. Bitcoin is sitting at 16900 Ethereum, 1200 XRP is $0.38. Cents. Polkadot is $5. Stellar is $0.08. Cents. VeChain is 18 And where is my favorite quant network sitting at $120? 
We've got some great news planned for our Quant Network listeners as they signed a $9 billion contract with the U.S. Department of Defense. But Andrew, I just want to get some thoughts from you before we dive into our article. How are you operating during this bear market and what are you anticipating after this FTX collapse? A lot of our listeners have been talking about Tether. Um, yeah, what am I doing? Actually, I'm I'm studying a lot also on, uh, on, on, on coins. Uh, actually, what I think is that Although maybe uh, it, it sounds weird, but I think that the decentralized exchanges will make really a run up in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in the near future in 2023. And that's because the, the trust in the centralized platforms is gone. It's, 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 it's uh, destroyed. So that's why I think everything what is decentralized, you know, that will go up. And then I, I look at, uh, at, at, you know, not financial advice, but I look at uh, Uniswap. I look at uh, KyberSwap, that kind of uh, exchanges. I mean, you know, uh, also what you see is uh, MetaMask is is adding uh, 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 all kind of, of NFT stuff to it. So really things are happening. And, and what you see is that the market is reacting on the situation. And I hope that that all people are start to understand that there is a separation between centralized and decentralized. And that's what we all should very know and keep in mind. So also take your coins off of everything what's, what smells like centralized. It's a dangerous time, Andrew. And the ECB shared similar sentiment to you. Not only did they say they wanted to ban Bitcoin, they claim that the FTX collapse was crumbling the trust in centralized exchanges. And they said that decentralized exchanges could become a threat to financial stability. So another excuse to regulate this market. We got 141 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to play a video of Gary Gensler stating that his goal for 2023 is to do exactly what Andrew said, come after centralized exchanges. So we're going to let the short clip play and go to NFT Tones. Here we go. What are your goals going to NFT Tones? I've got one goal is that these platforms, the exchanges, the lending platforms come into compliance. They can do that appropriately, working with the SEC, or we can continue on the course with more enforcement actions. And I would have to say that the runway is getting shorter. Sounds like a threat to me, NFT Tones, but I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Gary Gensler's made it fairly clear that 2023, he's going after exchanges. Our job is to try to figure out which exchanges we can trust and which exchanges are going to go down in the process. What's it mean to you, my friend, that Gary Gensler's being very transparent, telling the crypto exchanges, come in and talk to the SEC? Damn, I wish I had that RSW indicator right now, but it's all right. Uh, I would definitely, I would definitely be wary of exchanges, or I would definitely be wary if I'm an exchange because look what happened with Nexo. Nexo was in the U.S. and now they're leaving, and they were originally working with the SEC. So I would definitely, definitely be afraid. It's hard to say which exchange is going to go down, and it's hard to pick and choose. Best thing to do is possibly keep your money on a ledger or even in a hot wallet so you don't have to worry as much about these exchanges if shit does hit the floor or if they do leave the United States. Jackie, NFT Tones brought up something important, which is that one of the largest crypto lenders on the planet, Nexo, has decided to leave the United States due to a lack of regulation. And we continue to bring up the Bank of America news that we heard. Bank of America is waiting on the Ripple lawsuit before they start leveraging RippleNet's on-demand liquidity. And I think there's a plethora of companies behind the scenes that share similar sentiment. What does it mean to you that Gary Gensler is going after exchanges next year and also that Nexo just left the United States? Yeah, I don't blame Nexo at all. I think I think a lot of people are looking to leave the United States. Anybody who's in crypto, I mean, gosh, it was 
it was just a couple of years ago. Everyone was talking about moving to Puerto Rico, moving to Portugal so that we didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. And, um, and it's not, that's a good point too. You know, it's not, it's not the fact that, you know, people are trying to run away from it. I mean, some people are obviously, but yeah, we have, we have the, the, documented and historical things to look at when people have tried to go on, go to the SEC to work with them. And, you know, they've been shut down. I mean, we can name countless companies, um, Ripple included, Nexo is one that probably, you know, things are not, they're not fairly um, regulated too. That's the other thing. I mean, even if there, even if there are companies that want to comply, um, it's not fairly regulated in the way that, you know, that they are going to push their own agendas, um, Gary and whoever else, you know, and we saw that with FTX. So, so yeah, I don't blame Nexo at all. And Johnny Crypto said it from day one, they're using FTX as an excuse to roll in regulation. And that's exactly what the ECB said yesterday as the ECB urged, we need regulation for this market because that's what's making it dangerous. But I want to skip past this article because we got a Jim Cramer I want to uh, clip I want to show our listeners. This is a fascinating clip from CNBC yesterday as Jim Cramer, of all people, was calling out the con artists. This pretty much speaks for itself. We're going to let this play and go right back to Tones. Tones, here we go. And remember, the con is not, uh, it, it, it's not blockchain. Blockchain is great. But we keep complaining blockchain with the con. And I don't know how that can continue. I mean, the, this thing, all these different parties, is like we put up XRP and Solana and Dogecoin, those are all, I believe, cons. Yeah. I mean, why don't we just put up like a bunch of stocks that are valued at the same size? I, so I'm tired of the con. I thought you guys did a terrific job. And I love, it, it, I, I love blockchain, but it has nothing to do with what happened. It's fascinating, NFT Tones. The reason that I find this clip so interesting is he puts them all in the same category. Solana, XRP, Dogecoin. He claims that they're all the same thing and they're all con artists. Jim Cramer is one of the people who's getting advising on this market and how to navigate cryptocurrency. Not only did he tell his listeners to buy Ethereum at $1,900, four weeks later, he said he wouldn't touch these assets. Last year, he told people to buy Coinbase because it was going to $475. Today, that stock is $40. So I wish we had the Rat Snake Weasel Index, but NFT Tones, what's it mean to you that they're talking about it on CNBC and they're also calling XRP a con? I mean, it just goes to show you, we definitely need that RSW uh, indicator, but it, it just shows you that he's lumping them all together and you can't, you just can't. Half of these coins out there are meme coins, shit coins, Dogecoin, for example, and you just can't lump that with a true traditional coin. Like XRP has real use cases. Solano has its own use, use case. All these coins that actually have real use cases can't be uh, lumped together or me uh just in the same category as meme coins because it's just disrespectful because it, it a lot of these coins mean something and they do something like he said the blockchain is important and it's going to do something it will drive us forward and i think that's important that he knows that he's still pushing uh blockchain what i don't like is that he's calling all these coins cons when most of most of them are but xrp solano i don't think generally are 
Andrew, and I'd love for you to just give a dive into the use case differences. People can clearly understand the difference between a Dogecoin and an XRP. It only takes about an hour of research. So for Jim Cramer to make ignorant claims like that and say that he's he's going to group them all into the same category tells me two things. It's purposeful misdirection, or this is a guy who shouldn't be speaking on the topic, but I'd love to get some thoughts from you. What did you think about Jim Cramer addressing XRP and calling it a con coin? I, I think this guy is smarter than he looks. And I think there is really a reason why he is pushing the, 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 the fear, uncertainty, and doubt uh, narrative into, in, into the world. Because a lot of people are listening to him. And I, I do not agree with you that, that people can know the difference between XRP or, uh, or Dogecoin. No, they just do what social media and, and, and the general media is doing. But what or, or is telling and they are just doing it and if they sell it, it's a con then then they will sell and if they and if coinbase will go to four four hundred and not and, and something they will buy coinbase you know totally don't listen what they say and I did this remembers me to a quote of mahatma gandhi you know we all know mahatma gandhi what was he saying and every new project and every new idea goes through this phase he said First, they ignore you. We had that face. Then, then they, then they uh, laugh at you. Then they fight you. And I think we are currently from the laughing face moving into the fighting face. That's also what we see with, uh, with FTX because there is much more happening behind the scenes. And then the last status, status is then you win. And, you know, and we just have to go through this phase. But as long as you realize that, that this is what is happening, yeah, we can be just, 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 yeah, uh, relaxed and just sit out the time that's needed to do it. And, and you know, and we can laugh to the guys on, on, the, on, the, on the central, uh, central media and, and that kind, kind of guys. <laughs> I, I don't care. You know, my backs are uh, filled and... Uh, I'm even uh, loading up more backs at the moment. Jackie, one of the things that Mark Yusko said in our interview yesterday is that you can tell how successful an idea will be by the scale of its enemies. And XRP has some of the largest enemies in this market, whether it's JP Morgan or some other centralized exchanges. Everybody has been anti-XRP. And even the crypto maxis that we get in this space, whenever we talk to the people who are pro-Ethereum and pro-Bitcoin, they are anti-XRP because of the centralization narrative. But you can apply that same concept to Ethereum or Bitcoin, depending on who Satoshi is. It's a really interesting argument, but I'd love to get some of your thoughts. Jim Cramer addressing XRP on CNBC, called it a con coin. What's it mean to you, Jackie? Yeah, I it's, it's crazy. I actually, I'm kind of laughing because, I, first off, um, awesome interview with Mark Yusko. Y- is it Yusko or Yesko? I, it's Yusko. Okay. It's but I could be wrong. I, Honestly, I don't even remember, to be honest. Awesome interview with him. I'm, all of his, I love his perspective on things, the way he breaks things down. Obviously, he has a lot of knowledge, so I really enjoyed listening to some of the things he was saying. I do want to say, though, I'm laughing because I, I kind of want to talk about what Tones was saying. You know, Dogecoin, and I'm going to veer this away from XRP just a little bit because we all we all love XRP. We're firmly firm believers of XRP. But I want to pick on Dogecoin for a little bit just because – so many people, uh, you know, have this have this thing against Dogecoin, and it is the meme coin that started off. But to be to be legitimate and honest, you know, Dogecoin's ledger is constantly being updated. Its transaction speeds are pretty quick. It's 
proof of work mechanism, um, you know, consensus mechanism. It's not um, centralized. You know, there's a lot of, you know, miners and things like that that get rewarded. So it's essentially, you know, it's kind of it's kind of doing the same job as is some of these other legitimate coins. And I know that it, it started off as just a meme, but you know, if you honestly consider the utility of Dogecoin, there's there's actually utility there. So I, I'm i not gonna knock it um, just because when you consider cryptocurrency and the use case um, of, of, of um, origin, you know, that was, that was the whole purpose was um, to, you know, to, get rid of the centralization to to decentralize to you know um transaction speeds things like that all of those things that actually dogecoin kind of fulfills that purpose so i kind of want to i'm laughing about that because you know elon musk pumps that for his own um i don't know for his own narratives or things like that but but to be honest elon musk is a pretty smart guy and there is there is actually utility there so so all of those coins listed, I think, I think are fairly listed. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's just an RSW. I love that. That's a thing now. <laughs> NFT Jones, I got to give you a chance to rebuttal. Jackie laid out her case as to why Dogecoin will succeed. I can definitely lay out a case as to why Dogecoin will not succeed, but nobody knows Elon Musk is promoting this currency. And we always talk about, it's not what you know, it's who you are. Sorry. It's not who you know, it's what you know. And Elon Musk promoting Doge, I mean, it's definitely a good catalyst for the future, especially with the takeover of Twitter and the possibility of a Dogecoin incorporation into that asset. So uh, NFT Tones, I'll give you the floor and then we'll kick it back to Jackie. I mean, to be fair, I, I have to give her some credit there because there are many stores actually as of right now taking the meme coins or shit coins such as Shiba Inu or uh, Doge. So I can't really shit on them. But I, I feel like they are meme coins. And I mean, we have seen what happens to this market with meme coins. We've seen people hop into these meme coins. Most of my friends, when they buy crypto, they're buying Dogecoin or buying these meme coins because they don't know what real crypto is, right? And then when something bad happens, then they go, oh, shit, I just lost all my money in this stupid coin. And then they don't want to get back into crypto again because they're afraid of what happened. That's why you really need to be educated on these coins because not all of them have real use cases. I mean, they can get use cases, but when they're originally a meme coin, it's not the, the same or uh, it's not the same as XRP or Ethereum or something like that, or even a rune. So I really find this interesting because I think we'll always have meme coins around, but I think as people get more and more educated, I don't think meme coins are going to be what they originally were back in the day. Oh, really quick. I just want to say I'm not an advocate of Doge. I don't want anyone to think that. Um, I just want to clarify that the basic utility of Doge. All I'm saying is the basic utility of Doge. I mean, it's there. Uh, I just I mean, looking at JVR in the chat, he said he bought at 0.005. You know, if we actually look at the price action of Dogecoin um, and where it's at right now from from its beginning, from its inception, you know, it's it's actually and the fact that it's stuck around so long, too. But I'm not an advocate of Doge, guys. Let's let's go back to advocating for XRP. I just wanted to make a small point in the fact of, you know, you have to dig a little bit deeper of of. Yes, it, it is a means coin. But if you actually look at um if any cryptocurrency is kind of what I'm saying. Just you got to dig a little deeper versus what the name is or what, um, yeah, what the picture is or things like that. 
I totally agree with you, Jackie. And I'm just kidding when I say that you're a Dogecoin advocate. We've got 228 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got 4 billion XRP on the move yesterday. But before we dive into that news, Ethereum is looking bullish, Jackie. And I'd love to get your thoughts first on this article. It's pretty self-explanatory. We're showing a price chart from 2017 all the way until uh, December of 2022. And this trend line has been a consistent level of support. Well, this week we broke underneath this trend line and now we're testing it as a level of resistance. So Jackie, for anybody who doesn't know, you you typically do the technical analysis in the 3T Academy. What do you see when you look at the Ethereum price chart and what's it mean to you that we finally broke below this trend line? Is this a bearish indicator or are we heading up? Gosh, ETH is, ETH is one, guys, I just wouldn't sleep on. Um, I absolutely love ETH. Uh, and looking at that chart, you know, even though we did break below, uh, just everything that we've seen with ETH 2.0 come out, I would not, I would, it, what I'm doing is is continuing to dollar cost average, honestly. If it goes lower, I don't care just because of all of the, the implements that have been, um, that have come with ETH 2.0 and yeah. the, I'm, I'm forgetting the word at the moment, but deflationary aspect that is coming as well. And sharding, um, I, I definitely don't think that we'll stick in the lows for very long with this one. So, Andrew, I'd love to get some quick thoughts from you on this price chart. When I look at this trend line, it's optimistic to me. But one of the things that's clear is that we broke below and we're testing it as a level of resistance. If we test that trend line and then continue down, we could have to trade a trend line in the opposite direction for a bear market. But what are some of your thoughts on this price chart? Now, you know. I think this is a journalist that just uh, had the need for an article and draw a trend line in such a way that he could write a nice article around it. Because I have in trading view the same, the graph now in my screen. And what you see, for example, in, uh, in March 20, that is the middle, uh, somewhere in the middle, he just moved the line too high there. So if I move it a little bit down, then I see that Ethereum is perfectly well above this trend line and it's it's just moving above it so so i can write exactly the opposite arc of the article like this article and you know and it's it's nice it's amusement so let, let's look at it it's fun and i and i agree with uh, with jackie just keep dollar cost averaging in there are so 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 many projects on ethereum and there are so many big institutions also invested in projects in ethereum so Ethereum is one of the big chance uh, 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 has big chances to 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 become uh, uh, great in the future. And we've seen a lot of Bitcoin maximalists or at least Bitcoin advocates come out over the past week and claim a price run is imminent. Well, we can add BlackRock CEO Larry Fink to that list as he's been a crypto adversary for several years. Now he's changing his stance on crypto assets. Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, changed his stance on crypto during 2022, sending strong trust signals to the markets. Back in 2017, Fink said that Bitcoin was an index for money laundering. But in 2022, the firm announced that a Spock Bitcoin private trust would give its clients direct access and exposure to the world's largest cryptocurrency. Now, the reason I think this article is so important is because we just showed you or we are about to show you an ECB article stating that officials are about to ban energy intensive cryptocurrency, which, of course, is Bitcoin due to proof of work. So earlier this week, we had Fioba Pantetta who is uh, the European Central Bank board member, state that all cryptocurrencies who are proof of work should be banned. Investors have been caught in a textbook definition of a bubble and lured by the promise of ever-increasing prices. This is what we call a Ponzi scheme, and she referred to crypto as the Wild West. She said it's difficult to justify the existence for unbacked crypto assets in the financial landscape, 
claiming they're too volatile and inefficient for regular payments. The FTX debacle will likely send investors toward decentralized exchanges, just like Andrew Castro referenced, amplifying financial shocks. Crypto assets deemed to have an inaccessible illogical footprint should be banned, and that would be proof of work mechanisms such as Bitcoin. Two staffers said last coin that Bitcoin was already on the road to irrelevance and is considering whether central banks itself should issue a digital currency. Earlier this week, they set out some criteria for future apps and wallets incorporating the digital euro. And Andrew, as a European citizen, I think this news is really important to you. No surprises here. Johnny Crypto has said this from day one. Bitcoin bad, ECB centralized currencies, very good. And that's exactly what this article stating here. Any surprises? How do you feel about the ECB possibly banning the proof of work and launching a digital euro? Now, you know, just in this case, I laugh at them because it cannot be banned. And of course, you can ban it in, in Europe and you can make it in, 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 a, in a bad daylight. But this is also they fight what, what they don't want to have because they are very scared that the ECB will lose the control of money. And that, that's the whole, the whole thing, what, what's happening there. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's just going on. And what we also should not forget, for example, on Iceland, there are, is a whole Bitcoin mining farm and that's running on, on free energy. You know, Iceland, that is uh, uh, geothermal uh, energy. So they, they mine yeah, Bitcoin for free. And there are many other countries where you can, can mine just with, uh, with the remainders of, uh, of oil uh, or, or energy plants and always energy is left over. So that's how they do it. So it, it's more influencing the, the, the general pu public opinion that it is all bad and, you know, ECB is good. Uh, Jackie, no surprises here. The ECB did not reference that solar farm Andrew was talking about. Instead, they only focused on how proof of work is a terrible mechanism. But obviously, it's proven to be a success over the past couple of years. And Bitcoin being one of the only truly decentralized currencies makes proof of work slightly more appealing. I'd love to get some of your thoughts here. They said something Andrew Cashflow did earlier in the episode. The FTX debacle is pushing investors away from centralized exchanges and onto decentralized exchanges. How do you feel about that comment? Um, I just, I was focused so much on the first part of what you'd said. So I'm going to address that first. Okay. No problem. <laughs> um, I, cause I was thinking about, uh, back to what Mark, what, um, uh, Mr. Mark Yaska was saying yesterday, um, about, you know, Bitcoin comparing Bitcoin to gold. And we've, we've all kind of heard that being into crypto. And so that, you know, the, the proof of work mechanism, um, is, it's such a good thing because it's very secure, you know, but that, you know, that poses the problem of, of transaction speeds and things like that. And, and so that's, that's why a lot of people are, are looking towards altcoins and things like that. So it's, it's that, you know, there's, there's pros and cons. Um, and then I, I hate that stupid energy narrative that they, they continue to try to push, but I, I strongly believe that that's the narrative that's going on right now, obviously, because by 2030, you know, we're going, through the carbon neutral bill and they want to, you know, push their, their, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy type of thing. So, so that is what it is as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would, that's, I pros and cons to both. I, I definitely think that the comment that was made by her saying that uh, Bitcoin is irrelevant was, was complete rubbish. Is that, is that a European term, Andrew? Do you use the word rubbish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Complete rubbish. I don't use it a lot, but it just popped into my head. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, 
shit. It's nothing. It's uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but the point is not that. So there you go. <laughs> and we got some interesting news to dive into next in regards to FTX, because I want to show our listeners this Kevin O'Leary video. And then we're going to break down the Almeida pool of money that was being stolen from the entire time. I watched a fascinating interview with Sam Bankman-Fried yesterday, and he discussed how FTX was taking deposited funds, putting them into a large basket, and Almeida and FTX were both able to take from that pool of funds, which in many cases is illegal. So we're going to let this short clip play and then go back to the group. Here we go. Not the facts. That's all. I don't think that's to ask him too much. And frankly, I can't retrieve my money until I know where it is. I need to know where was my money transferred to. It's alleged it went to the Bahamian government, alleged it went to the U.S., alleged it was stolen in a hack. I don't know any of that yet. And I want to know where it is because I've told all of my lawyers, keep your phasers on stun until we have facts. Then we're going to get that money back. That's Kevin O'Leary is fired up in this clip. Andrew Cashland, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. We put him on the Rat Snake Weasel Index because of how hard he promoted FTX. And after diving into the research, we saw he got an eight-figure bag, eight figures for endorsing this cryptocurrency and this platform. What does it mean to you that he's claiming his lawyers are geared up and ready to go here and ready to get his money back? It's, isn't this just uh, um, an, an act, uh, acting, uh, you know, uh, it's like, Andrew, you know what it's like? The digital asset investor, he says, all the world's a stage. And I think that's another example of it right there. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I think like. Because, of course, he lost money. But maybe he was able to make an enormous amount of money in another way. And, and if he say, yeah, I'm also a victim and it's terrible, and, you know, this is what, what, it, what it, to me, sounds like. And, you know, I always loved him very much. but. This is also going down. And yeah. 100% Andrew. And we got some really interesting details here as well. Jack, I'd love to get some thoughts from you after I read this tweet for our listeners. Maxine Waters, who's a representative for the United States, tweeted at Sam Bankman-Fried that he wanted her to come and meet with Congress. Or sorry, she wanted him to come and meet with Congress. He denied. She took the time to respond and said, based on your role as CEO and your media interviews over the past weeks, it's clear to us that the information you have thus far is sufficient for testimony. As you know, the FTX collapse has harmed 1 million people and your testimony would not only be meaningful to members of Congress, but also critical to the American people. So Jackie, people behind the scenes said that she's secretly working with Sam Bankman-Fried. Now she's made some really bold statements against him and she's trying to get him to come and speak to Congress. Maybe they'll slap the cuffs on him during that interview, but what do you think about these tweets here? Yeah, I think... I think anyone kind of involved, just like Andrew said, I think anyone kind of involved in this that are that are on the forefront, it is just a, a stage and a theater. Um, we saw, we were actually just looking behind the scenes um, at some recent news that just came out. I mean, even though this was all posted up on Twitter, social platforms, things like that, everyone's looking at it, right? That's where everyone kind of gets their news. Um, you know, an article, a news article just came out 18 hours ago that she didn't actually... Uh, she wasn't actually planning to subpoena Sam Bankman-Fried. And, and so, you know, but most people, they probably won't see that. So they see the first, you know, her her rise to action, her call to action to bring him in. Um, and, and he responds and everyone gets all hyped about that news. But, you know, then she goes back and says, oh, I don't actually plan to subpoena him. So, so yeah, um, political theater for sure. NFT Tones, what are your thoughts on this matter? Sam Bankman-Fried's been doing a ton of interviews. Every single day, I feel like he does two or three interviews. And every time he looks worse, he says things that get a caught in wordplay. He says things he shouldn't. And I think 
A lot of po uh, powerful politicians are watching what he has to say and not only losing distrust, but they're worried about what might come out of his mouth. What does it mean to you that Maxine Waters said it's essential and critical that he talks to Congress? Well, they want to bring him in so they can finally figure out what's going on. And they want to try to make it look like they're doing the right thing and try to calm the uh, nerves because everybody right now is probably in arms. I think about how everybody feels right now after losing all this money. Everybody's pissed off. I mean, a lot of people probably want some kind of regulation so shit like this doesn't happen again. And I mean, everybody has a right to be frustrated. I mean, there, a lot of people lost a lot of money and I feel like it's just insane that this kind of thing can happen. I really hope that he gets what is coming to him. But the problem is they need to be able to prove without a doubt that he had the intent to do this and that it was his intention. And it could be very hard to prove that this was his intent, uh, that this was his intention. You know, you know what I think what he's doing at the moment, he is making a tour that he proves to the, to, to, to the world that actually he was incapable of managing FTX. He has nothing to do with Alameda Research. He wasn't aware, although he should have been, so that his charges could have been that it is mismanagement instead of uh, being uh, yeah, uh, uh, st stealing a lot, a lot of money. So I think that's what he's doing. You know, with the, the other day when he had with uh, with one of the bigger uh, news uh, agencies, he had an interview, and there was a, there was an audience, and they were clapping for him and, and saying, "Oh, thank you for coming." Hello. Are we awake in the world? This guy is a criminal. But, you know, so I think he is trying to manipulate the, the public opinion about him. And actually, he's a poor boy not knowing what to do. And But on the other hand, I'm curious about who is behind this all. I mean, there were flows of, uh, of money towards uh, the Democratic Party. Flows of money came out of, of Ukraine. So... 200 companies are, are there behind uh, Alameda Research. How are those lines all? And, you know, and, 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 and uh, the Caroline and Sam Bankman-Fried, they are just the soldiers in front of the war. And, and they, you know, they, they are get, just get steered by other powers. And this shit should come up. And I, I think, yeah, a lot of, lot of people currently in the space where we are, in yeah are doing the utmost to to get piece by piece and and peel peel the apple uh till the or peel the onion till we uh, are at the center absolutely andrew and it's i you brought it up earlier in the episode problem reacts and solution and they need what mark yusko calls a useful idiot to fall on the sword sam bankman fried appears to be that useful idiot and caroline is even more incompetent. But we got 253 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to dive into the most important article for today. Or is it, Jackie? Let's find out. As over 4 billion XRP were moved as Ripple awaits summary judgment for their lawsuit. Now, it's interesting that in the title of the article, they tied those two claims together. You'll quickly see that's not really what this is. So are whales moving XRP? More than 4 billion XRP tokens were moved in multiple transactions. Data depicts around $1.5 billion worth of XRP were moved from Bittrex crypto exchange to an unknown wallet. 
the biggest transaction ever recorded by the tracker was $500 million on the exchange. And that's how large these transactions were here. Jackie, I'd like to get some quick thoughts from you. All this positive news about XRP against the SEC. We also have them advertising in the New York Times, just a, or sorry, in the Wall Street Journal just a couple of days ago. So for me, I'm not sure what this is. This $4 billion on the move, it could be something very simple, very self-explanatory, but we haven't gotten any answers. What are you assuming? My gosh, I don't make assumptions in this case, but I, I was going to ask you actually, Abs, I know the team was talking about this yesterday when we saw these transactions and we were all kind of like, what the heck is going on? Um, I have no clue. I'll be honest. I don't know what's going on. So, um, but that's a lot. That's a lot of XRP. I always say that. <laughs> you gotta to NFT tones, NFT tones. You got to give us the, the answers here. What's going on? 4 billion XRP are on the move. But at the same time, we're getting some very positive claims around the XRP lawsuit and Ripple's now advertising in New York on the Wall Street Journal. Very, very interesting. What's it mean to you, Tones? Four billion Ripple? Damn. On the move? I think someone's gearing up for some big, big news. And I think it's the XRP lawsuit coming to an end. I think we're going to start to see a lot of big money start moving money around, start... Uh, start to see people get into gear, get into action, because now I think people are expecting this lawsuit to end sooner and sooner. And I think we're about to see a lot more XRP move around. And, and it's important to note that it's 8% of the float, right? Abs? Yeah. Yes. 8% of the circulating supply, 4% of the total float. So huge percentage of XRP is on the move. And we got even more bullish news yesterday, NFT tones, as Ripple was named as a top 10 leading unicorn in the United States by market evaluation. So a unicorn is a startup company worth over $1 billion. A couple of big names on this list, Discord, Chime, Epic Games, Stripe, and SpaceX. Ripple snuck in at the bottom of this list with a $15 billion evaluation, and I'm sure that's only going to be rising. Jackie, what do you think about Ripple being named as a top 10 company within the United States? Oh, baby, I love to see that, man. I do. I love to see that. I think... Um... Yeah, that's all good things they've been building and they rightfully have earned that spot for sure. I mean, have been working towards that spot. So I think, yeah, I think if you guys don't have access to Link2 um, and you are an accredited investor and can get in on that, I would not financial advice, but I would highly look into that. Um, and we allow that within the 3T Academy. We kind of have a good relationship with Link2. We know a lot of their employer uh, employees and and we have a good connection with them so that's another benefit of the 3t academy um so yeah check that out andrew cashwell one of our listeners said a full page ad they must have money well they had 100 million to battle the sec i'm sure they had a couple thousand to get in the wall street journal what do you think about ripple advertising in the united states typically you never see a company who's being sued by the sec advertising in one of the largest platforms on the planet yeah you know i think they are pretty smart they are pretty smart. They are now trying to get another narrative into the into the brains and the subconscious mind of the people in uh, in the U.S. Because you know this company is pretty successful in in Asia and and all, all other countries, except in the U.S. And why? Because we have a guy called Gary Gensler, and is not coming up with uh, with rules and regulations, and and that's why we see Nexo moving away and other companies moving away. Um, yeah, so so yeah, it's it, it's interesting, but yeah, I, I I can agree with them and I can understand it that they are advertising in the U.S. Absolutely. 
We're about to show a very interesting video, Andrew Cashflow. This is an SEC commissioner praising Ripple for following the compliance laws that they outlined. This guy, his energy's off the charts. I'm not sure. I just want to preface that. But this guy, he is an SEC official. So let's hear what he has to say. He's actually, I think, better for I'm not sure if the audio is coming in great there. So what he says is that Ripple's creating the standards for digital assets and compliance within the United States. And he praises Stuart Alderati, who's the lead lawyer for Ripple, for doing the best in the industry when it comes to compliance. Now, obviously, this video was before the lawsuit or, or sorry, this video was after the lawsuit. But it's interesting that an SEC commissioner is praising Ripple for their compliance narrative. What do you think about this video, Andrew? And I want to remind our listeners, as weird as this video was, this is an SEC commissioner. Um, actually, I have no opinion about this. I want to pass this uh, this question to somebody else because uh, I, I couldn't hear it good. And you know gotcha. how I think it, it's all theater, what, what they are making. And one, one time it goes left and then it goes right and it goes, it goes all the way. Can we get a repeat of the question? Yeah, I was going to say, what do you guys think about the SEC commissioner praising Ripple for their compliance, even though they're being sued by the SEC for selling an unregistered security? And that's what really sticks out to me here. He said Ripple has done better than any blockchain company in working with the SEC. Really, really interesting comments. I'm not sure what to make of it. What do you think, Tones? I mean, I find it interesting. It shows me that XRP is following the rules. It shows me that they're doing everything that they can to win this case. It shows me that they're going to beat they're they're going to actually try to beat the sec at their own game and it shows me that the uh commissioners they some of them actually have respect for xrp and for cryptocurrency because they under they might understand it completely or partially and so it's just really interesting to see and i feel like these people are starting to educate themselves more and more or they might already know so it, it's definitely interesting and Jackie, I'm not sure if you had any comments on that last article, but check out this BlackRock news here as well, as Ripple has a connection to BlackRock. BlackRock's head of blockchain and digital wealth talks about the tokenization of everything. Robbie Michnick just happens to be a former Ripple head of product development, and he also co-authored the XRP valuation paper with Susan Athey in 2018. Now this man is working at BlackRock and he's talking about the tokenization of assets. I think it's fair to draw the conclusion he's familiar with the XRPL. What's it mean to you, Jackie? Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is just another person that we see put being put into the right place. Uh, st strategically, we've been seeing that um, time and time again, you know, people coming over from, from governmental positions into Ripple, from Ripple into other positions, you know, um, and yeah, BlackRock is all over XRP. They've got their hands in every, everything, you know, so, so that's, you know, that's just another thing to add to the list, another name to add to the list too. Actually, the other day I saw also an article of uh, of Larry Fink from BlackRock. It was the first of December, I think, and he says the next generation for markets, the next generation for securities, will be tokenization of securities. And then he he argued that tokenization will provide instantaneous settlements and reduced fees. And he also sees that this type of technology would not disrupt BlackRock's business model. So. This, this Larry Fink, he, he knows what he's talking about. And what I now, now see is actually I see also a sort of separation between big commercial banks and central banks. I mean, I think the big commercial banks 
are starting to understand that here is business because they all want to also want to go into the onto the uh, the role of a crypto exchange but also tokenization you know th those those are commercial banks and they can make money so and and central banks are more yeah you know they are um, um, creating the money out of thin air and they want to yeah to keep that monopoly so it is really there is yeah separation now in the field of banks and larry fink is yeah is, is one of them that's firing that up a little bit andrew and interestingly enough we got some interesting cbdc news coming out actually it's not very surprising at all as over 90 percent of central banks around the planet are working on the development of a central bank digital currency and we even have a few prominent countries such as india china and japan who have launched a central bank digital currency pilot well, if you check out this news from Nigeria, they just banned ATM cash withdrawals of over $225 so people would be forced to use their central bank digital currency. And that's really what I think you're getting a glimpse into the future here, people. If you zoom in or you zoom out to 2027 through 2030, we're going to see this in first world countries. They are going to roll out narratives claiming cash is dirty, claiming cash is trash, saying that we shouldn't use cash dollars and instead use a central bank digital currency. Eventually, we won't have an option. Andrew, I'm going right back to you. What do you think about uh, Nigeria banning cash and promoting a CBDC? Yeah, it is, it, it's a sad story, you know, also for the, for the people in Nigeria. And that's what I also told already before, um, a, a while ago, also in the, in the, when, when we had the pandemic uh, period, that they said, yeah, you have to pay with, uh, with, with, with card. You cannot pay cash anymore because there can be uh, germs and stuff on, on, on cash. And then if you buy a magazine, everybody or a newspaper, every everybody picks up the newspaper and there the, the so there the germs are not on there. So what they are trying, they are trying over and over again to get cash out. And the worst case, I think, and that's how they will introduce it also here in Europe, you will get two prices in the future. One is when you go for shopping, for example, and you have to pay 100 euros. Then when you pay it in central bank digital currencies, it's 100 euros. But if you pay it in, in old-fashioned euros, then you pay 125 euros. So, yeah, uh, and, and then they will, they will push the narrative. And I think it, it's now it's, it's a battle and, and, and a match. Who will be the first to get adoption? And, and, you know, and if we do with all the people in the world say, OK, we want to keep our our cash. We want to keep our security with the with the money and our uh, uh, anonymity with, with money. Uh, there is a chance that 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 we will win. But yeah, that, that will be a sort of a battle. Tones, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. We got 245 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for giving us your time and attention. NFT Tones. What do you think about this news here? Yo, I think that is that guy. I think that is goddamn wild. Can you pull that tweet back up? Uh, but this is this is what Johnny Crypto has been saying. He's been preaching this. He's been saying that they're going to say crypto is bad and CBDC is good. And this is goddamn wild. Imagine not being able to go to your uh, ATM and being able to withdraw more than $225 a week. That is actually insane. That like that boggles my mind. So I mean, it, force, it really is going to force people to uh, use CBDCs. And I'm, I, it's just, it makes me wonder if they're going to have a limit on how much they can use on their debit cards and stuff to actually force people into the CBDCs and 
it, it's really it's kind of really worrisome because like I'm starting to think about it. How long is it till it starts to come to over here in the United States or over to Europe? Because it's only a matter of time before uh, every country has their own CBC, I believe. 100% tones in the world map we just showed show that 90% of central banks are already developing a central bank digital currency. And the Federal Reserve is yet to admit that they're going to officially launch a CBDC next year. But when you read into the documents, it appears that quarter two, 2023, we could have an American central bank digital currency. Fascinating, fascinating information tones. But I'd love to get some thoughts on our next article as well, because we have a bunch of news planned for today. And Algorand is actually launching health records on their blockchain. Now, we always cover Algorand and the number of use cases on this network. They have some of the greatest partnerships in this industry, but this is just another example. I'd love to briefly cover this before we show our listeners something really special at the end of the episode. Uh, NFT Tones, we'll kick it right back to you. Yo, I've been saying this from the beginning of time that it was only a matter of time before health records are on uh, become NFTs. And this is huge. This is actually huge. This is a real use case for NFTs. This shows you that your health records are going to be on chain. It shows you that they can't be manipulated. It shows you that you can probably always check them. And this is going to be huge because it shows you you'll probably be able to always, we'll see other things coming. And this is what we want to see. We can see true development, uh, true stuff being pushed forward. And I think it's only a matter of time before more people actually see and understand that NFTs are not fake. They're not just some stupid JPEG that does nothing. It's actual meaningful stuff that have real things. Jackie, that's a perfect transition into our next topic. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well as yeah, bro. Mike commented health records, real estates, passports, everything is going to be on the blockchain eventually and NFT eyes, but we have something really interesting. I want to show our listeners. So Jackie, I'm going to give you the floor here. This image pretty much speaks for itself. Feel free to explain what it means to you and what it means to coach JV. And then we'll dive into this topic. Awesome. Um, yeah. So just like Tone said, um, there are many use cases for NFTs. Uh, community is another one of those things. All of your big, um, all of your big chain stores or restaurants or things like that, you know, they're going to start coming out. They've come out with gift cards and, and uh, rewards, member rewards, things like that. You know, everything's going to start coming out with an NFT. We have our NFT coming, uh, X royalty. So this is just a little sneak peek for you guys um, of some of the artwork that we have been working on. We've been working, I've been working with my team um, as well as Collecti on this project. And it's huge. It's really exciting to see it come to pass, come to fruition. Um, and, you know, there's there's a, bit, a deeper meaning behind it. Um, obviously that was just a piece of the artwork, but um you know, we really, we really want people to understand that they have to, you know, kind of, kind of empower themselves. Uh, you know, crypto first getting into crypto, that's something that a lot of people really, you know, hone in on is the decentralization and the empowerment of being able to take care of your own finances and things like that. And, and then it kind of gets lost through all the noise of, of centralization and, um, you know, CBDCs and things like that. A lot of people lose hope um, and things like that. But we, you know, we really want that is our goal in the academy is to help people understand that, you know, your reality is what you make it um, and to empower them. You can you can create a world um, for your own self and it, it doesn't have to be ruled by anyone else. You give up that power to them. And so 
I will say that in cryptocurrency, um, you know, own your own your keys, right? Don't don't give up your power of your finances, but also in your life. That's that's something I really, you know, I really really feel like one of my purposes is to help people understand, you know, that they they have that divine royalty in themselves, and and they are able to, um, you know, create their own world. And so, so yeah. Thank you so much, Jackie. And we're about to dive into our last topic for today. I accidentally just opened an application on my browser. So give me a second while I get back to my screen here. Actually, NFT Tones, I'm going to need you to take over for one second because I'm stuck on a different screen. All right. So if you think Tones killed it today and did a better job than Johnny Crypto, let's get a one in the chat and I'll have Johnny Crypto <laughs> send you guys all 100 XRP because Tones wow. is the man. All right. So I'll be putting a one in the chat as well. And I got access. So we are back NFT tones. We got 241 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Jackie, I want to reveal more details about the NFT, but we don't have permission yet. So be warned, warriors. We're going to bring details about this project and you're going to be excited. But let's check out this news with Quant Network today as we had some breaking news. A multi-billion dollar contract from the U.S. Department of Defense signed with Quant Network to provide cloud services across all security domains and classification levels. Now, what's really interesting about this contract here is that Google, Amazon, and Microsoft were also involved in this partnership. The purpose of this contract is to provide the Department of Defense with enterprise-widely globally available cloud services across all security domains and classification levels from the strategic level to a tactical edge. The Defense Department is a I mean, this is huge, Andrew. I didn't even really get to dive into this fully because we had so much other news prepared for today, but a $9 billion contract possibly coming to the Quant Network to provide cloud services, this could be the beginning of cloud services being leveraged by government entities. What do you think about Quant Network having this massive, massive connection? Yeah, perfect, perfect. I mean, this, this is adoption. And, and especially from, from the defense uh, department, that's great. And you know, and I'm, I'm also looking a little bit to the, the, the price uh, uh, movement. We saw a huge move up till the 17th of October. And now this news is coming out. So I'm sure there was already something known around the 17th of October. And then, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it goes to the moon. Then it drops, of course. So I, I took some profits there. Then it dropped all the way down back to uh, 97. So, uh, yeah, it, it doubled in a very short time. So I'm, I'm really curious, but you know, great, great news, great news. And uh, I love it that also a development team like Quant is working so hard to make this possible. And I have so much respect for, for all, all engineers. I'm, I was also an engineer in the past and uh, it is really not that, uh, yeah, that easy to make a project like this and then make such a major step, I would say congratulations to the team. And another major step for Quant as they have now officially got 100,000 wallets running on their network. This is really exciting news, Jackie, because we talk about mainstream adoption with institutions. This shows that Quant is becoming a decentralized token. And what gets me so excited about Quant Network is there's only 14.6 million tokens that will ever be in circulation. And a lot of those are owned by people who are incentivized to hold the token. So you're going to see a massive uh, liquidity crunch eventually. And that gets me pretty excited. What do you think about over 100,000 wallets in Quant Network? That's great for the decentralized for the decentralization aspect. Um, obviously, you don't want a majority of the tokens in one wallet. Uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, but yeah, I'll agree. The tokenomics of Quant is is 
fantastic. I, I, I hate talking about quant because I don't have a lot. I don't have a bag yet. And I'm like, dang it guys. Like it, it makes me want to FOMO so bad. So, so yeah, I'll just be honest there. Um, yeah, the tokenomics of quant are, are insane. So definitely take a look into that. Jackie, just join my course <laughs> and I'll teach you how to invest also in quant and that you will be happy because recently I took a lot of profits with quant and my average was, was 97 and I took profit at, at 100%. And now, and then it was back at 97. I could get in again and, you know, we will do this over and over again. And guys, this is exactly what, what, yeah, we, what we teach you in the academy, how to make use of volatility. And it's, it's, it's just so much fun. You got to love Mr. Cashflow's course. And I, I believe that if you, can we go back to those numbers, Abs? I, I think those numbers actually really speak to me because if you start to look at the numbers closer towards these weeks, you could really start to see that there are more people actually getting into quant. And I think that is actually huge. We can start to see closer uh, about 11-17, the week of the 17th in November, we can actually see 13,000 people. And then it, it starts to grow and grow. And I feel like that that is actually huge because it starts to show that there's a lot of people looking at these coins and or looking at quant. And I feel like that this is actually huge. And I feel like as we get closer and closer above, we're going to start to see more people actually look into quant because 100,000 holders is a lot. And I feel like that it's going to actually start to put more of a spotlight on quant, especially because they have such a limited supply. Thank you, NFT Tones. And Jackie, I'd love to give you a chance to close out the episode today because I wanted to show our listeners this tweet right here. The EU has a mass citizen surveillance and identification starting this year. The EU has now agreed on a much-discussed Artificial Intelligence Act, which would allow law enforcement to use biometric identification in public spaces when, quote-unquote, strictly necessary. That sounds very subjective to me, Jackie. What do you think about this AI technology being adopted at the same time we have J.P. Morgan filing to have digital identities? We have central bank digital currencies developed. It really does seem like the World Economic Forum, this great shift is already underway. Why don't you close this out for today? All right. Yeah. Yeah, guys, that AI narrative is going to be pushed hard coming up. Um, some projects just to look into, Fetch AI, Singularity Net, those are some things in cryptocurrency with it, on our calls, um, RTA calls within the academy. We've been on that for years. Yeah, talking about those projects. So, so yeah, take a look into that. Thank you guys for joining us today. We freaking love you guys in the chat and we love our community so much. Um, and I'm NFT Tones, shout out to Tones. He said, put ones and zeros. My friend, it looks like you are now the star of the show. Shout out to Johnny Crypto. We're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Jackie. And thank you to Andrew Cashel. Another fantastic episode. We got 220 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, warriors rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.